Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? This is Chloe Brotheridge. Welcome to the Karma You podcast. It is designed to help you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. And this week, I've got a wonderful guest, Pandora Paloma. She is a holistic nutritionist and a life coach. And she specializes in helping people with things like intuitive eating and living, self-love, empowerment, and body positivity. So we had a really good chat. I honestly could have chatted to Pandora for ages and ages. We chatted about body positivity, what it is and how we can get more of it. We talked about intuitive eating and again, what that was and why we've become so disconnected from our intuition. So I really think you're going to enjoy this episode. Please come and say hello to us. I'm at Chloe Brotheridge on Instagram and you can find Pandora at Rooted London. And I wanted to ask if you have been enjoying these podcasts, if you would consider subscribing and leave me a little review as it would really help to spread the word about the Calm You podcast and help more people to find out about it. So let's get into the interview. So welcome, Pandora. Thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? A pleasure. Yeah, I'm really good. Enjoying the sunshine. Oh my gosh, it's so nice. It's amazing to see. It's amazing to see. It changes everything, doesn't it? It's like everyone's suddenly got a smile on their face. They've got light in their eyes, you know. It's beautiful to see, definitely. Um, can you can you tell us about what it is that you do and how you came to do what you're doing and a bit about your journey, please? Yes, absolutely. So I work sort of in three ways, three ways, I suppose. I'm trained as a nutritionist and so I see clients on a on a purely nutrition basis. Um, but I grew up, um, sort of having eating disorders slash disordered eating. Um, you know, I, I was, um, bulimic, um, when I was young and I had a couple of bouts of that, um, sort of, you know, started and then I stopped and then I started again. Um, and then I sort of cured myself of that, but I had disordered eating, which, you know, for me, I felt was actually a lot worse because, um, you know, I wouldn't eat certain foods. I was very controlling as to, you know, what I would eat. I would go to the gym every day, full of control. And so actually on the surface, I just looked like I was a real gym bunny and super healthy, but internally I was sort of in a very bad way, which is why I think, you know, for me personally, it was worse because, um, you know, I really looked like I was uh, holding things together on the surface. Um, and so that led me to, to sort of train in nutrition, but, um, then I came across intuitive eating and the, the 10 principles of that. And it really sort of resonated with me. Um, but then after sort of working as a nutritionist, I realized that people were coming in with things that 
you know, I could support with food, but really needed to be supported in other ways. You know, were they meditating? Were they taking time for themselves? Were they really sort of trusting their gut in, in their career and, you know, where they were in life? So I did um, train as a life coach as well, which is where um, I work as sort of an intuitive life coach. So I work with people purely on a nutrition basis. I work with people on an intuiting intuitive eating basis so people who have disordered eating and you know really want to um find some some help and a road to recovery and then i work purely on sort of a life coaching basis as well but the three sort of do really connect because of course you know what you eat is going to affect how you think and you know i can see people on a purely life coaching basis and get them to where they need to be and living their purpose but if they're not eating right you know are they going to be feeling as good as they could feel. So, you know, I think as we all know now, you know, it health is so much more about just kind of what you're putting in your in your body. It's about, you know, your mind health and and everything else that comes with it. So yeah, that's that's basically what I what I do. What an amazing combination because so much of food choices has to do with your mindset and where you are emotionally and you can't I don't it's hard to see how you can do one without the other almost you know if you're just telling someone eat this or don't eat that to be able to combine you know the mental aspects the lifestyle aspects of it is such a good combination completely completely and I'm I'm sure there are a lot of nutritionists out there who do provide that sort of information but um you know I wanted to go that that little bit deeper I suppose um and 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 absolutely you know you have people who you know really you know are in a really good headspace but maybe they're sort of so controlled with food and actually it it ends up kind of pulling them back because they you know they're so controlled by the power of the food and actually that power needs to be kind of pushed into a different area of their life and yeah it's so intertwined um and it's you know the results that you can see I think when you kind of merge them as well um can be can be really interesting um I do always say you know and always hands up I do sometimes contradict myself in terms of if I'm seeing a a client for nutrition I may tweak their diet in order to get them to where they need to be mm-hmm. for example if they've got a hormonal imbalance or um you know polycystic ovaries for example I might take gluten out of their diet but that's to kind of bring them back to homeostasis you know to balance in the body um and intuitively I tend to find that people know that 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 food group or that specific food is actually not making them feel great. So whilst people say, well, you know, if you're if you're eating intuitively, sure, you can eat what you want. But if you do have something going on in the body that needs um, attention, the likelihood is intuitively you'll feel better once you take that food, you know, food or food group, for example, out of out of your diet. So, you know, sometimes there is that sort of weird crossover where, you know, you aren't maybe as intuitive um, because I'm telling you not to eat something, but it's really to kind of get you to balance. And then after that, you know, people can really sort of find their own, their own way. Yeah. So interesting. And I definitely want to go a bit more into this um, topic of intuitive eating, but first, can you tell me what sort of issues people come to you with? What sort of clients do you have or what what do you tend to help people with the most yeah what well, on the, in the intuitive side intuitive eating side hmm. or what do people come and see you for you know what I work do you help people with? with um I work a lot with women so mm. a lot of hormones um early menopause infertility um lots of PCOS polycystic ovarian syndrome um and then you know I see people for um 
things like endometriosis, um, migraines, insomnia, um, and 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 stress and anxiety as well. You know, if people know that they they don't have the best diet, um, you know, how can I help? I see a lot of you know new mums who've maybe kind of you know ate in a certain way up to pregnancy, and then suddenly they've got to feed themselves and want to want to feel a bit more nourished, I suppose, in order to nourish their children and. And then I get people who just you know, just want some information. They just want to see someone who is an expert that can really focus solely on them. They might have gone to Dr. Google and, you know, picked up a few things um, and then, you know, actually got a little bit, little bit lost with it all and thought, right, I'm going to go and see someone specifically who can help. Um, lots of things like, you know, PMS. I deal with a lot of hormones. <laughs> yeah um but yeah so a kind of a mixture and I work predominantly with women I find women in the female body absolutely fascinating um but I do get the occasional man you know who especially on the intuitive eating side actually um you know who maybe is like you know I I think I've got an addiction to sugar and something's got to give but you know not not as much as women I think women are are more intuitive to to sort of what's going on in their bodies Mm. generally (laughs) Why, why do you think we've lost our ability to be intuitive or we're disconnected from our intuition? Because I think lots of us are. I think probably in the last, it's only in the last few years that I've started to listen to my intuition more. And I think probably a lot of people listening are thinking, you know, I don't even know what my intuition is or how yeah. to, to get, get there. What is <laughs> this? On eBay? Yeah. Um, so I think I always sort of say, you know, find... Um, medicine in silence there's like an internal medicine that we all have um you know we're not allowing ourselves to be as silent you know whether that's and it doesn't have to be you know meditation that's that's a step that you could take to to connect more to your intuition but just things like you know we're constantly on our phones we're constantly using technology we're surrounded by technology and information you know think about how many social platforms we have on our phone you know that in itself busies our mind and when we keep ourselves busy we you know, we don't then allow ourselves to be still. And that's where you can really hear what's going on inside the body, inside the mind, inside the heart, and ultimately inside the gut, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always find there is kind of an interest, interesting connection with clients who maybe come in. I mean, we, you know, gut health will always be sort of at the forefront of, of any kind of healing when it comes to um, disease. Um but it's interesting once you start to heal the gut that, you know, I've had clients who maybe have been vegan for a long time and, um, you know, had other things going on. And I start to heal the gut and they're like, you know, I've been really wanting a little bit of meat here and there. And it's mm. like, exactly, because you're starting to hear what your body is asking for. And it's it's really fascinating to sort of watch. But, yeah, I think we're just we're just quite overwhelmed and we don't allow ourselves that that stillness. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> the busyness of modern life and all the noise and things we're exposed to stop us from yeah. hearing our intuition. How would you define intuition then? If someone's like, what is intuition? How, how do we know when we're, when we're listening to our intuition? I would say sort of, you know, leading, leading in life um, from your internal dialogue, you know, sort of being able to hear what's going on inside you. And that can be you know, feeling your feelings, being able to decipher what your feelings mean, what your emotions are. Um, that's really what it is. That's sort of, you know, coming back to yourself versus constantly looking looking outward. Um, 
there's a lot of comparison in the world as well, isn't there? You know, well, that person's doing this and that person's doing that. We don't need to compare. You know, intuition is listening to what, what you need, what your body is saying, what your mind wants. Um, so kind of, you know, yeah, just just shutting the blinds and, and being being with yourself. Absolutely. And I was thinking before we spoke today about what would the opposite of intuition be? And I was thinking, would it be overthinking when, you know, we're just stuck in a cycle of worrying and critical thoughts and yeah. is that the opposite, would you say? Or yeah, Completely. So, so in my program, actually, there is a whole, whole piece on overthinking because we can, overthinking is, you know, it, it just, it, it's endless. It can be endless. It's a bit like comparison, I suppose, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. You know, we've got to sort of, you've, we've got to look at what it is that we're thinking about, why we're thinking it, and if it's a negative thought pattern, how we can make it into something more positive. You know, or if it's like a situation that we're in that feels a bit sticky, how we can get ourselves out of that situation as quickly as possible versus overthinking, because overthinking really does sort of get us nowhere. Um, you know, and it can be the hardest thing to do, can't it, when something's on your mind and it's going over and over and over. Um, but obviously, you know, we just got to learn the tools to, to try and nip, nip them in the bud, nip those thoughts in the bud. And then, you know, that, that the answer will always come, but it's just that time that, that, and again, comes back to that silence. Yeah, absolutely. And one question I had was, uh, we often hear about, and I know your, your work is, um, largely with women. Are men intuitive as well? Cause, um, are they intuitive as well and are they less connected to their intuition than, than women would you say or I think absolutely men you know men have men have the ability to be intuitive um I mean there's always you know the saying of sort of women's intuition I think maybe you know women by nature and, and our genetic makeup um have an opportunity to be more intuitive but men absolutely are intuitive um and I think it just sort of depends on the character you know, and, and, and the person, um, I know lots of men who, who are very connected and, you know, really sort of warm, light spirits, um, and really soulful. And then there's men who maybe aren't so much and they're quite hard exteriors. And, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really dependent on the person. Um, but yeah, I mean, from, from my practice, um, I find that, you know, women tend to be more intuitive um, but I think that's just that's just our makeup. Yeah, yeah. And so tell us about intuitive eating because this, I feel like I only became aware of this term about a year ago. Strangely, um, heard of things like mindful eating, but intuitive eating is a bit different. Or can you can you tell us what that is? Yeah. So it was initially um, a, a term and a and a and I suppose a, a non diet diet that was created by two nutritionists who um, had lots of clients who were coming in for weight loss, and as soon as they sort of gave them their diet plan, they'd go away, you know, with real wishful thinking that they were going to lose the weight, and they had real struggles. And you know, it's, it's because as soon as you put a rule to something, or you know, uh, you can't have that, it makes you want it more. So they came up with this idea of intuitive eating and, and originally it's sort of 10 principles. Um, the way that I work is slightly different um, because I sort of bring in more of a, a life, life coaching aspect and sort of self-love aspect to it. But the idea of intuitive eating is that you ditch the diet mentality. So a lot of us, you know, even 
from a young child, you know, you might have something that's ingrained in your subconscious, like, you know, cake is bad or sweets are treats, for example. But you might have grown up not having sweets in the house, in which case it makes you, as an adult, every time you see sweets, eat three times as much as you normally would because, you know, you were so deprived of it as a child. Um, things like, you know, different diets, the paleo, the 5-2, you know, these are all sort of diet mentalities that we... We're so sort of in, um, surrounded by, I think, in modern life. You know, you only need to open um, a magazine and there'll be a, you know, get beach body ready in five days. Well, you know, it's it's immeasurable and it's also sort of setting yourself up to fail. So you ditch all of that um, and then you sort of bring in, a, you know, a kind of relationship with food, a kind of relationship with yourself. And you allow yourself to eat what you want, when you want, and sort of listen to what it is that your body needs. And inevitably, once you give yourself what you want and you don't deprive yourself of it, the reality is you don't tend to want it as much. You know, you, you satisfy yourself. It's about satisfaction and how satisfied we are from food. When we're on a specific diet, only eating protein and veg, which gets a bit relentless after a couple of weeks, it's normal for someone to then to want to go and binge on a massive pizza or bowl of pasta. Whereas if they allowed themselves you know, pasta and a bit of ice cream once a week, then they wouldn't overthink too much and they would feel satisfied from the foods that they eat. That's so interesting. I, there's nothing that makes you want to eat ice cream more than knowing that you can't have it or yeah, exactly. <laughs> that restriction just breeds yeah. more more kind of ups and downs and it's a diet roller coaster that so many people are on and it's so good to, the, to see that people are realizing there's another way to do it that is based on what your body needs rather than exactly exactly and I think just sort of giving just almost sort of giving yourself the um that it's such a controlling way to eat when we're when we're overwhelmed by you know a diet and actually um you know it goes back to this idea of overthinking you know if we're constantly thinking about what we're eating and I mean this was me back in the day I would weigh myself in the morning. I would weigh myself after breakfast. I would weigh myself when I got home from, you know, from work. Um, I would wake up, you know, I'd go to bed thinking about breakfast. Everything was so controlled. You know, right, right, I'm going out for wine tonight and I'm going to have dinner, so I'm not going to eat any lunch today. You know, it was constant, this mm. overthinking and this control. And, you know, a really good way to sort of overcome it is to think, you know, how much time are you spending thinking about food? And what could you do with that time if you weren't thinking about food? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> you could really yeah. get a lot done. Um, but it is, it's, it becomes very all-consuming um, when, you're, when you're in that mentality. And it can be, it can be quite, quite lonely, I think. You know, a lot of clients, you know, seek help and it tends to be the last resort. And I think it's also something that people can feel quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite ashamed of in a sense it's not it's not like you know if you know someone who drinks loads of alcohol it's like oh they just love a drink but no one says oh yeah she's she's got disordered eating you see her you know I saw her counting calories we just don't talk about it as much mm. so it's sort of I, th I do find a lot of clients are quite can be quite ashamed by it and it's sort of a bit of a bit of a touchy subject until they then want to seek help um you don't find groups of women sort of you know, you might talk, see them saying, oh, I've tried this diet and tried this diet. But it's never sort of seen um, as, a, as a negative in a sense. And actually, you know, there are people out there who do live 
in that way and it is very negative towards to, to their lives um but yet talking about it seems as a positive like oh i've tried the new diet you know oh i'm on the atkins um and actually in the intuitive eating um the the, the original principles they do kind of identify the different types of dieters um and there is always you know the endless dieter the, the person who's always on a diet but they mm. seem to get there. we all know one of those you know someone at work that's like oh this week i'm on this and um, this, next week i'm doing a cleanse i'm just having juices for a week you know and it's sort of very faddy um and you get nowhere because you're constantly seeking something that's kind of you know it's like seeking perfection when we all know that perfection is you know immeasurable really that's such an interesting perspective. And of course, if you do lose weight, people praise you and it's encouraged. And then exactly. that sort of sticks in your mind then. So many people that I speak to, clients and things, say that their kind of their weight roller coaster began when they lost weight suddenly and they got a lot of praise for it. And that really kind of stuck in their mind and created this cycle. Yeah, that I must be thin, I must stay to this weight. And you would never go up to them and say, oh, you've put on a few pounds. You just wouldn't, would you? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's and, and actually, it's, it was funny being pregnant because I was, my, my bump was quite small. Um, and I'm, you know, size 12, fairly curvy. And the amount of people that, you know, thought it was totally okay to come up and be like, God, you're quite small, aren't you? But not one person said, God, you've, you've really put on the pounds throughout pregnancy, haven't you? Well, they just wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Why, why is it acceptable that we say, wow, she's so skinny. Look at her, you know, oh, she's so skinny, she's great, you know. But yet we don't say the same praise for someone who, you know, has a really delicious, juicy bottom. You know, we just don't. Mm, um, mm. So it's, it's definitely something that's, you know, kind of part of our culture that really does need re reworking. And I suppose we don't know the story behind that person's weight gain or weight loss. You know, you make a yeah. judgment or you assume, oh, they've, you know, just doing, are going to the gym or they might have an eating disorder or they might have been sexually abused and that's why they've put on weight or something like that. So there's so much yeah. behind it, I think. Exactly. That's it. So it's a real, you know, it is, it is something that I think does, is, you know, body positivity. It's, it's really sort of being positive of our bodies wherever we are in life and knowing that our body is where it needs to be right now. You know, our bodies are going to change. It's inevitable. You know, that's just what happens. That's life. And I think, you know, the sooner that we can be really happy and, and feel empowered in the body that and the skin that we're in, the better. Because, you know, if we're constantly striving to be lose that seven pounds or, or gain that seven pounds, um, you know, it's it, we just really need to learn to sort of be, be at one with where we are right now. How can we start to be more body positive what can we do to see that so I always find the, uh, the the mirror project quite good so starting to look in the mirror and first of all you know people always look at what they hate so I always encourage people to look at what they love and really focus on that you know and say to themselves um you know you look really good today you know you, you've got to kind of we very much look look um, for things like this from an outside perspective, but actually we need to start saying it to ourselves to encourage body positivity. Using things like affirmations, you know, I feel really confident in my skin can be really helpful. Saying it in the morning to yourself when you're brushing your teeth. Um, and then doing things that make you feel good, you know, self-care. It doesn't have to be a weekly massage, but it can be, you know, just giving yourself a really nice walk to work or you know seeing a friend who makes you feel good 
um, going and having a piece of cake on your own and reading the papers on a Saturday, you know, when you've left, you know, the kids and the husband or the wife at home. Um, you know, giving yourself that time, that self-care can be really important to sort of feeling really positive in our, in our bodies. Because I think we actually need to be quite proactive in doing, doing those sorts of practices because so much of society obviously is telling us that you're not good enough unless you're a, you know, size eight and, you know, skinny or whatever. And, you know, we need to counteract that somehow with some positivity. Um, I think that's so important to, to do that. Yeah, I think this, you know, it is a bit of a 360. We sort of need media to start, you know, writing about um, a more sort of body positive image. Caitlin Moran wrote something wonderful on the weekend that was like she put on a half, a, uh, put on a stone. She was like, so what? You know, I have to buy new clothes. Well, I'd buy new clothes anyway. I'm a woman, you know, and it was that actually she didn't even really notice that she'd put on a stone, but she still felt exactly the same. And that's the point. You know, really, we need to learn to sort of feel feel good whatever size we are, because, you know, we might gain a few pounds and we might lose a few pounds. It's the same, you know, we've got there's a reason for the seasons. Why do we eat, or naturally sort of have um, produce that's very light and watery and fresh in the summer? It's because we need the um, the yin, the lightness, you know, the water. Um, and then in the winter, we have things like root vegetables and, you know, hearty stews. Um, because we need the yang, we need the warmth to sort of take us through the winter. So, you know, there's a there's a reason for everything. Um, and, you know, we've just got to kind of learn to sort of flow with, with it versus trying to control it so much. And that is, you know, what eating and living intuitively is. I think that issue of control is such an interesting one, because if you have anxiety, I think control is one of the biggest um, things that people will notice where you're trying to control what people think of you you're trying to control the future you're trying to you know control what's happening in the moment by doing things like overthinking or being on high alert and actually the more we try to control things actually the more out of control we end up feeling yeah so I suppose for people with anxiety how could we start to be more intuitive just in life in general um I suppose you know taking that time to to, to, to find a bit of silence whether that is you know a daily meditation I always talk about breathing you know the simplest thing that we can do you you know you know if you're feeling anxious in a situation just to take a few really deep breaths can instantly soothe the nervous system um alternative nostril breathing which is a um, a yogic breathing where you sort of breathe in through one nose and out through the other nostril can really calm the mind as well um and that in itself is going to kind of, you know, allow a bit of stillness. Um, and I think, you know, identifying what it is, what I think for someone who's got anxiety um, and, and potentially sort of, you know, this disordered eating, starting to identify the rules that they've made for themselves um, can be really helpful. So, you know, oh, I don't I don't eat pasta, I don't eat carbs or um, oh, I, I shouldn't I should I see this a lot I shouldn't eat this I shouldn't eat that and as soon as you say well, well why why shouldn't you eat that so getting people to identify the rules that they've that they've made for themselves is a really good starting point because mm-hmm. then as soon as they can identify it they don't need to overthink it it's like it's there I know what it is and now I can start to try and change it you know and 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 and, and fix it basically mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And 
yeah, having awareness, I think, is that first step, isn't it? Just being able to take a step back from what you're doing and observe yeah. it and just make a note of that, write it down and, yeah. and get that awareness. And um, I think when you write things down as well, you know, and you read them back to yourself, um, it can help you really identify whether or not that is really how you think or, you know, or how you do eat, for example. Um, I do get people to write a food diary if they're on my programme or if I'm working with them one-to-one. But, you know, I'm not I'm not so bothered about really about the food. It's sort of how, how did you feel when you ate that? And why did you eat it? And you can see people start to identify, like, you know, I eat the same thing. I, I go for the chocolate bar at three o'clock. And it's not because I'm hungry. It's because I feel stressed by that point in the day or I feel anxious by that point in the day. So actually noting things down and then reading it back helps you kind of absorb it and be able to see it a little bit more clearly. Gosh, yeah, that's such a good idea. Such a good idea. And one thing that I'm wondering, and I know that a lot of people ask me this as well, is about fear and intuition. Because if you're afraid of something, then you have this internal feeling of, oh, I must avoid that situation or I must not do that or... um, you know, run away or something like that. And it can often seem as if, oh, is that my intuition telling me don't go down that dark street because there could be a murderous stranger down there? Or, you know, is it fear or intuition? And how do we distinguish the two, do you think? When it comes to fear, it I always sort of try and work out whether there's something that's happened, you know, way back when that's brought this on you know is this a diet mentality that we've got from somewhere why are we afraid of it in the first place um you know normally if certainly when it comes to a food you know why are we fearful of a food um it may be because it feels bad in your body in which case you know keeping a food diary is really helpful you know every time I eat this thing feel a bit funny and then you can say well maybe you know it's not working for you if I find there's a lot of shame and fear connected you know it's the fear of eating something because you're going to feel guilty or or, you know you're going to feel ashamed that you've done it you tend to find that with people who really sort of stay away from things like carbohydrates bread um, or cake it's there's a fear of it they don't allow themselves of it it's because they know that if they they eat it they're going to feel guilty um again this is where sort of this idea of intuitive eating comes in once you learn the process and you really um start to live it and breathe it that fear just it just it just releases it really does um and you know if it comes up be with it really feel the feeling of it you know what's it saying is it is it in the body somewhere um that, that can be a good a good way to identify sort of what's going on um so a lot of the time, you know, people might say, you know, I feel, I feel it in my shoulders. It's like a weight, but it's not necessarily the weight that they're carrying. It's maybe someone else's weight. So, you know, this is it's it, sort of psychosomatic can be quite interesting um, area to look at. You know, are we carrying somebody else's fear um, that they may have projected on us? And that a lot of the time comes, you know, can come from the mother or the father growing up. You know, if you had a mother who never allowed herself to eat cake and therefore you brought you know brought that into your um your thought process um it's sort of fear breeding fear really um so yeah you know overcoming that by writing things down 
facing the fear, feeling the feeling and, and feeling where it is in the body can be helpful. So interesting how we can inherit things and take things on board that have nothing to do with us, that we've just learned them from a young age that can really hold us back from from things. So yeah, really interesting. Um, yes. Amazing. I could talk to you about this all day, to be honest. Um, but uh, do you want to, can you tell us about what you're up to at the moment, what projects you're working on and where people can find out more about you and your work? Yes, of course. So um, I do a six week intuitive eating and living program, um, which the next one's going to launch on the 5th of June. Um, it's a Tuesday evening and they're live webinars so people can interact with me throughout the entire course. And there's also you also get a one to one with me at the beginning. So obviously we can kind of look at, you know, starting the journey together, what specifically it is that you're working on. Um, and then obviously the, the webinars follow that. Um, and that launches on the 5th of June. Um, I'm also working on um, another couple of online programs. Um, I'm going to do one specifically on the living aspect of, of intuitive life um, and launching some meditations as well. Um, and yeah, working obviously sort of one to one with clients. Um, that's that's me really brilliant and what's your website and where are you on instagram so it's rootedlondon.com and at rootedlondon on instagram and twitter as well um and then just yeah rootedlondon on facebook as well uh no i think it's get get rooted london on facebook perfect and i'll put all those yeah. links in the show notes as well for anyone who wants to find out more um brilliant thank you so much for talking to me and yeah hope to see you soon my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks then. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.